Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 5 of Revelation chapter 17. We're going to be reading verses 5 and 6. And upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. And I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered with great admiration. And I'll stop reading there. Now, the Apostle John has been given this vision, and uh, he himself is marveling. Uh, he's he's amazed at what he's seeing. Uh, and again, the woman is a picture of the kingdom of Satan, which consists of all the unsafe people of the earth. And it dates back to the very beginning of the fall of man in the Garden of Eden. So it it really has continuance throughout the entire history of the world, except for a short um, little period of time uh, before mankind's fall, before man sinned against God. And so here in verses 5 and 6, the, the woman who is Babylon, and God says that her name is Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. And we we can understand why she's the mother of harlots again, because uh, there's, there was no kingdom of darkness, no Babylon before the fall into sin. And, and so Babylon, or Satan's kingdom, uh, it predates the uh, the fall of Israel into the hands of Satan, or the fall of the church into the hands of Satan. This occurred long before any corporate body even existed that was a representation, an outward representation of the kingdom of God. And and so uh, this mystery Babylon has long existed. And then in verse 6, it says, And I saw the woman drunken, with the blood of the saints, and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And here, again, the Apostle John is given a look at Babylon, and she is drunk with the blood of saints and with the blood of the martyrs. Now, the saints and the martyrs are God's elect. They they point to the true believers, and and if we have time, we'll look at those words a little later. But first, we're going to take a look at what the Bible has to say concerning Babylon shedding the blood of God's people. Because that's what this this means. The woman is drunk with the blood of the saints because she has killed them. And... And uh, also with the martyrs of Jesus, as saints and martyrs are pointing to the same group of people, God's people, those that God has saved. 
Now in the next chapter, Revelation 18, when God is describing his judgment upon Babylon, and we read in verse 21, And a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and cast it into the sea, saying, Thus with violence shall that great city Babylon be thrown down and shall be found no more at all. And then a little further on at the last verse of the chapter, verse 24, uh, the Lord writes, And in her was found the blood of prophets and of saints and of all that were slain upon the earth in Babylon, the blood of prophets and saints. Now, in our verse, we we find that Babylon has uh, become drunken with the blood of saints and martyrs, but the prophets and saints are are the same people. It is God's chosen people, all those whose names were written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And, and in Babylon is where you will find their blood. And that is the blood of all of the elect from the very beginning. And the Bible tells us, for instance, in Matthew chapter 23. And I don't think we've um, properly understood this before. But in Matthew 23, the Lord is pronouncing woes unto the scribes and Pharisees, the leaders of of Israel of his day, which in turn points to the churches. And it is within that condemnation of these spiritual leaders that that we read these statements. And we have naturally assumed that this only applies to the church. But actually, when we read it closer, more carefully, it has in view uh, more than just the corporate church or or national Israel. It says in Matthew 23, beginning in verse 33, Ye serpents, ye generation of vipers, how can ye escape the damnation of hell? Wherefore, behold, I send unto you prophets and wise men and scribes, and some of them ye shall kill and crucify, and some of them shall ye scourge in your synagogues, and persecute them from city to city, that upon you may come all the righteous blood shed upon the earth from the blood of righteous Abel unto the blood of Zacharias, son of Barachias, whom ye slew between the temple and the altar. Now when when we uh, look at this, we uh, first of all, we wonder, now, if God is speaking to Israel, and again, Israel represents the New Testament church, we understand that, then why is he holding Israel accountable, the spiritual leaders of Israel, for the blood of Abel? Abel was killed by his brother uh, Cain, in in the beginning, um, not too long after man's fall into sin, we don't know. Um, well, we we have a general idea, but but as far as the exact dates, we know it was close to the beginning, from the point of the fall, and 
And there was no corporate body. There was no Israel, no Judah. There was no church. Why does God say that they uh, are, are guilty? Because that's what it means. Upon you may come all the righteous blood shed upon the earth. And he starts at Abel, and then he concludes at Zacharias, son of Barachias. And when we search the Bible to find out who that is, we find in Second Chronicles chapter 24, um, the account of a descendant of Jehoiada the priest who was killed and, and he, he was slain between the temple and the altar. So it must be him. And we wonder now, why does Christ make this statement from Abel, who is, would identify with the beginning of the martyrs, the beginning of God's people that were killed physically, to this descendant of Jehoiada the priest, and, and, uh, from Abel to Zacharias. And of course, in English, it sort of makes sense to our minds because of our alphabet A to Z. So from the first, Abel, to the last, Zacharias. But uh, uh, this Zacharias was killed uh, hundreds of years before Christ, and, and certainly many other saints, many other martyrs of the Old Testament were killed after him who were, who were true uh, believers. And, and definitely in the church age, many have been killed. Why did God pick these two men? And the answer is that Zacharias, the descendant of Jehoiada the priest, was killed after Jehoiada the priest died. And Jehoiada died at the age of 130. And in the Bible, God has used the age of 130 to point to the end of the world, because the world comes to a close after 13,000 years of history, where we're at right now, 1988, was the Earth's 13,000th um, anniversary since creation, and and that began the time of the end. The Great Tribulation began that year, and we're in the end stage, the Day of Judgment. And, and the world will shortly end. So God uses 130 because it's 10 times 13. The completeness, the number 10 points to and 13 points to the end of the world. And, and so Abel from the beginning all the way to the end, the, um, scribes and Pharisees, the spiritual leaders of Israel, uh, upon you will come all their blood. Now, how can that, that be the case? Well, let's look at verse 36 of Matthew 23. And I think we'll have um, a better answer that will help us understand uh, also why in Babylon is found all the blood of all the prophets and all the saints that have been shed upon the earth. It says in Matthew 23, verse 36, Verily I say unto you, all these things shall come upon this generation. In verse 35, it said that upon you shall come or may come all the righteous blood. And we were thinking Christ was referring to scribes and Pharisees and lawyers and 
so forth. But no, he had in mind this generation. What generation is that? The generation of evil. It, and the generation of evil is the generation of mankind since they disobeyed God long ago. In, it was the year 11,013 BC. The world was created. And shortly thereafter, uh, Eve disobeyed and Adam disobeyed and and they experienced evil and mankind was uh, all of mankind was in Adam and came forth from Adam and we are all a part of that generation of evil ever since and the generation of evil continues all the way until this world is destroyed we read in Matthew chapter 12 in Matthew 12, in beginning in verse 39, it says, um, But he answered and said unto them, An evil and adulterous generation, or an evil generation, seeketh after a sign, and there shall no sign be given to it, but the sign of the prophet Jonas. For as Jonas was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh shall rise in judgment with this generation, this evil generation, that's who Christ was addressing. Well, the men of Nineveh will rise in the judgment with this generation. And that's speaking of, uh, at the time this is being declared in Matthew 12, 2000 years before judgment day when when these things will will come to pass and yet Christ is still saying it's this generation because it's the generation of evil that's the generation that is ongoing throughout the entire history of the world since the fall in Luke chapter 11 we Read, beginning in verse 50, that the blood of all the prophets, which was shed from the foundation of the world, may be required of this generation, from the blood of Abel unto the blood of Zacharias, which perished between the altar and the temple. Verily I say unto you, it shall be required of this generation." That's the generation that identifies with Babylon. Because again, Babylon is a figure of Satan's kingdom of this world and, and his entire rule over the kingdoms of this earth. Babylon is a mistress of kingdoms. That is, she's the lady that rules over all other kingdoms and Babylon goes back to the very beginning as as soon as there were unsafe people to populate Satan's kingdom that formed the spiritual Babylon that Satan typified by the king of Babylon would rule over and and that's um why God finds all the blood of all of his people from Abel 
to Zacharias all the saints of God that have been physically killed, and and many have down through time. Uh, we we know just a few centuries ago that God's people were burned at the stake for holding on to the word of God or for desiring the word of God to be spread around and and understood in the language of the people or, or spiritually killed. The Bible speaks of those driven out of the synagogue or out of a church and that's likened to killing them. The Bible also says that if you hate someone that that is a form of murder or killing. And, and certainly Satan and his people, the unsafe people of the earth, hate the children of God. That was the sin of uh, Cain with Abel, as we read in 1 John. 1 John chapter 3, it says in verse 11, For this is the message that ye heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Not as Cain, who was of that wicked one, and slew his brother, and wherefore slew he him? Because his own works were evil, and his brother's righteous. Marvel not, my brethren, if the world hate you. We know that we have passed from death unto life, because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer. And ye know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. God equates hate with murder. And and so when we read of Babylon, Satan's kingdom, and, and all of its people, that she is drunken with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus, We don't have to necessarily think it's just beheadings and hangings and drownings uh, of the Lord's people, or even um, completely the driving out of God's people from synagogues or churches during their uh, particular times and season. But it can also be the everyday hatred that the world has for God and his word and the people of God that identify with it. That also could be a part of the blood or or uh, fit this kind of language that Babylon's drunken with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs. Now, we are familiar with the saints. We have seen the word saints often in the New Testament. We understand that it identifies with uh, those that God has saved. It's a word that means holy ones, really. And and whenever God saves someone, he cleanses them from all sin through the blood of Christ, thus making them holy or a saint. But the word martyr, we haven't seen as often. It's a, a Greek word that's close to its spelling. It's almost a transliteration of the Greek word, um, martyrus, and it means witness. The, this word is translated as witness um, many times. In Acts chapter 1, for instance, in Acts 1, verse 8, 
it says, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses or martyrs unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Now, martyr uh, sort of has taken on the connotation of having died for the sake of Christ, and it could be, and it's due to the couple of places the King James translators translated it that way. Um, for instance, in in Acts 22, um, the the Apostle Paul writes uh, under the inspiration of God, Acts 22, in verse 20, and when the blood of thy martyr Stephen was shed, I also was standing by and consenting unto his death, and kept the raiment of them that slew him. Now, martyr isn't used that often. It's used here of Stephen, and it's used in Revelation of Antipas, which who is called God's faithful martyr, and it's used martyrs in our verse in Revelation 17. Elsewhere, it's normally witnesses and or witness or witnesses and so the the idea of martyr um fox's book of martyrs i think is also aided in in leading people to think well that means the people of god that have been killed somehow it doesn't mean that it means to witness for christ now when we do witness for christ we will be killed Undoubtedly, in one of those ways, some physically, others spiritually, or just, again, through the world's hatred is a form of murder. And and all God's true people will probably experience some kind of being killed in one of those ways. But the word itself means to witness to Christ, witness to the word of God, to uh, to witness, as it says in Acts chapter 5, in verses 31 and 32, Him hath God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior, for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his witnesses of these things. And so is also the Holy Ghost, whom God has given to them that obey him. So God's people are witnesses. The Holy Ghost is a witness. And it's the same word. Martyr. That, um, martis that's, uh, in the Greek as we have in Revelation 17. So we could read the, the verse this way. I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the witnesses of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered with great admiration. And we should not think that John is admiring in a positive sense or or in any kind of positive way. You know, we admire people and we have admiration for someone. No, that's not what this word means. Uh, This is a word that means marvel or wonder we we read this very same Greek word in when we read First John chapter three, and God said, "Marvel not if the world hates you," and that's the same word. And John, who is the one being given 
This divine revelation in Revelation 17 is the same apostle that God moved to write 1 John 3. And it could be due to his having marveled at the woman at Babylon and and marveling at her hatred of the saints of God because she was drunk with their blood. And, and so he learned through the Spirit of God and by the grace of God, marvel not if the world hates you. It's, it's an expectation, actually. Each one of us should understand and realize and, and come to have the expectation that this goes along hand in hand or hand with hand with being a child of God in this world, with maintaining and upholding God's word and its truthfulness. Now, if you, you want to bend and you want to twist and you want to turn and pervert and change, then you'll fit right in with the world. The world doesn't mind a gospel that is just as deceitful and full of lies as other religions. The world doesn't mind a professed Christian who makes all sorts of claims with his mouth as long as his heart is not in agreement. The world doesn't mind those things. You can fit in the world and and be a professed Christian with a perverted gospel. Then there's no difference between you and anybody else. But a true Christian with a new heart and a new spirit that has the true word of God, because God has opened up his understanding and granted him the, um, the, the true gospel, and he desires to share that truth with others, well then, marvel not, brethren, if the world hates you. And remember what God says in the Sermon on the Mount in Luke chapter 6, beginning in verse 20. Um, Blessed be ye poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are ye that hunger now, for ye shall be filled. Blessed are ye that weep now, for ye shall laugh. Blessed are ye when men shall hate you, and when they shall separate you from their company, and shall reproach you, and cast out your name as evil. For the Son of Man's sake, rejoice ye in that day, and leap for joy. For behold, your reward is great in heaven. For in the like manner did their fathers unto the prophets. And and uh, God there is encouraging us, and he's letting us know, don't marvel, don't look upon uh, the woman, Babylon, with any marveling or admiration in that sense. Don't wonder why she's drunk with the blood of your fellow saints and fellow witnesses. No, it it has always been the case from the beginning with Abel unto Zacharias to the very last. She has always done this to the people of God. But now it's the day of judgment. Now it's the time for Babylon to fall. It's the time for Babylon that has meted out the cup of wrath to the church, for her to drink of the cup of the wrath of God. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. 
You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.